0: Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our special guest is Father Timothy Gallagher of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. And we're going to be talking about kind of the times that we're in right now, because I'm hearing a lot of people who are upset, and rightfully so, because they can't go to Mass and they feel restricted on their movements and that type of thing. But I want to really focus this show on uh, turning an inconvenience into an opportunity to kind of grow in our faith. And you know, Father Gallagher has written a lot of books. I've read several of them, but you know, just few discerning of spirits, an Ignatian guide for everyday living, the examined prayer, uh, Ignatian wisdom for our day, for our lives today. And then a book I just that was just recently out that I just finished, which is uh, uh, very uh, topical, is overcoming spiritual discouragement, and really kind of the the teachings of the founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, Venerable Bruno Lanteri, and kind of his advice when things aren't going so well. So, Father, thanks for taking the time to join us today.
1: Oh, my privilege. Thanks, Deacon.
0: I'm just curious, have you heard from other people, you know, kind of there lamenting the fact of, you know, not being able to receive the Eucharist, which I totally get. I feel the same way myself, but are are you feeling people a little bit down just with everything that's going on?
1: Well, I don't think there's any question of that. I'd say there are at least two very natural human reactions to the situation. One is that uh, even though we follow all the medical advice, you know, the hand washings and all the other things that are um, wise measures, and we see all the measures taken by the authorities, which, again, uh, we can appreciate, I think still there's a certain sense of helplessness. Nobody knows exactly where this is going to go. Uh, We feel disrupted, things that we've taken for granted, you know, that you could find anything you want in the store, for example. Those kinds of things are not there. So I think there's one... On one, on the one hand, there's a certain sense of just um, human helplessness, and then uh, anxiety. You know, how long is this going to last? Where is it going to go? Will it affect anyone close to me? So, I think those are just very natural reactions, and they're they're very clearly in the air, sure. And I, I would imagine you and I share them to some extent, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. Luckily, it's my wife who goes to the store and I get to hear about the yeah. empty shelves and, the, and the, the feeding frenzy when a roll of toilet paper comes out from the back. But uh, luckily, I, I get to hear it secondhand. I don't have to witness it, but I've heard it so many times. I know it's true. Um, but, you know, really, when there is these type of things going on, it really is an opportunity Uh, if we really want to focus on how do I strengthen my relationship with the Lord? And I think, you know, a lot of your books really talk about, you know, spirituality and, and, you know, how do we, you know, discern good spirits versus bad spirits. But really, you know, our train of thought can lead us in one of two ways, right? We can either go to despair or we can see, wow, this is an opportunity where I'm going to be able to spend more time growing in my, in my faith and my relationship with the Lord, right?
1: Well, you mentioned two figures just now, uh, St. Ignatius and then Venerable Bruno Lanteri. And uh, let's just uh, refer to both. When St. Ignatius, he was just the young Ignatius, 30 years old at the time, uh, was, was wounded in battle, and his right leg was completely shattered, he wound up having three surgeries on that leg, and of course a lot of physical pain, and had to spend months on his convalescent bed so everything came to a halt in his life but it was that circumstance that really changed everything in his life because for the first time he was brought to a halt he was brought to a stop and he just couldn't do anything active and so he asked for some reading to get through the time and was given God's providence uh, a life of Christ and a book with lives of the saints and that was the pivotal time in his whole life and then you mentioned Venerable Bruno, and he was 57 years old. So in the thick of activity, um, involved in everything, because he defended the Holy Father, who at that time was imprisoned by Napoleon, he was uh, arrested, interrogated, he was exiled, He, the bishop was ordered to remove his priestly faculties. And um, so he spent three years in very difficult circumstances, exiled in a, in a farm that he had out in the country, but that was the time when he was changed from a good priest to a saint. Uh, he spent hours and hours in prayer and spiritual reading. So these opportunities, I think, you know, it's like sometimes when the power goes out, you know, in short term, or things like this, or um, various kinds of physical indispositions bring us to a halt. We have a choice at that point uh, we can we can fret and be anxious and worried and discouraged. And I want to reverence all of that. You know, I've been through times of illness, and I can't say I've come out of them uh, in shining armor either. But at the same time, if we can recognize that there's an opportunity here to spend more time with God and with our families, you know, spouses with each other, parents with their children, family uh, as a whole, and then certainly with the Lord in, uh, in prayer, then something wonderful can come out of these times and who knows that that may be somewhere in god's providence in in permitting this um this awful virus you know, to to touch so many lives so there's an opportunity here
0: well and i life. yeah and i like the way you you know you mentioned also family too i mean we don't we don't hear enough of families eating meals together and different things and it really will give a lot of people that opportunity and i also like the way you kind of bring up, you know, it's our perspective on things. Uh, You know, what St. Ignatius went through, what uh, Venerable Bruno Lenteri went through is a heck of a lot more than we're going through. It's almost the old saying, I cried because I had no shoes until I saw a man with no feet. And, uh, you know, it really is an opportunity. And that's why I really liked uh, the book Overcoming Spiritual Discouragement. Uh, It was just a lot of really good common thoughts by venerable bruno lanteri and just really kind of having people th- see things a different way almost through god's eyes and it, it was really helpful as you went through and read the book and then your comments to it I, I would you know what made you write that book and how do you think it applies to what we're talking about today
1: well i spent um many years now working with the life and writings of venerable bruno of course I'm enthused enough about him that I joined his community and uh, share his, his spirit and his work in the church. But it seemed to me with regard to this book specifically that there was a message in his letters of spiritual direction and then some of his personal spiritual notes, which was of enormous help to people in a time of great anxiety in which he lived. Those were very difficult days. And their own days, in some ways, are are getting more difficult. And so it seemed to me important that that message should be available. And, you know, I'd have to say, Deacon, that um, since the book was published, which was only last October, I've been asked many times now to give retreats or or days of recollection based on that teaching. And um, I love the response. People are are responding. Oh, I'd say the way I respond, there's, there's hope here. This is practical. This makes sense. This is doable. You know, his teaching about beginning again, never getting locked in discouragement, never letting our own failings and faults uh, get us discouraged to the point where we just kind of give up or settle for less. And then very practical and I'd say doable advice about a daily life of prayer in the midst of busyness. It's just a wonderful source of energy and hope there.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you're talking about, you know, when we get into despair and do those things, and I know it's a different book when we're talking about, you know, uh, discerning uh, spirits and different things, but it really is, you know, are we going to buy the lies of the evil one, or are we going to embrace the grace and mercy and the love of the Lord as He tries to bring us closer to Him? I mean, we really get that choice, and I think that book uh, that you wrote, you know, back in October, Overcoming Spiritual Discouragement. Uh, really helps you know you know your glass is half full, right? And so looking at it as half empty, and and here are some things you can do. And I really do like that you know the saying "begin again," right? Because we all fall down, but it's the saints that kept getting back up, right?
1: Yes, yeah, those two words that you focus on just now are so central to his message. Begin again, so much so that actually when earlier I uh, wrote a biography of his life, that's that was the title we gave to it. Begin again. And uh, what that says is that there is never a time in our lives, no matter where we've been spiritually in our lives, no matter what we've done, no matter what the consequences may have been, no matter what's happening now in our lives, there is never, ever anything that can stop us right now from simply turning to God if we need it, asking for a forgiveness which he is eager to give, and then beginning again. And I've seen that teaching give uh, marvelous hope to an awful lot of people now. What's coming to mind as I'm saying this is uh, when we had one of these retreats and then we had a, a group, you know, large group sharing time. One woman got up and said, I used to always think that, let's say, if today didn't go very well, maybe my, I just didn't get my prayer or I uh, lost my patience in ways that I shouldn't have. I would have to say to the Lord, well, today didn't go very well but uh, tomorrow's another day, and I can start again tomorrow. And then learning from Venerable Bruno, I don't have to wait till tomorrow. And his teaching is, uh, if I fall a thousand times a day, a thousand times a day, I will begin again with peace, you know, just recognizing my need, turning to God, and knowing the love that's there. And that's what he said, I don't have to wait till tomorrow. In discouragement, I can begin again right now. For Venerable Bruno, it's very clear that the problem in the spiritual life i'll say this a little bit strongly but it, it's true the problem in our spiritual lives is not our failings and not even our sins That the real problem is a discouragement that keeps us locked in that uh, situation and the hope and the courage to know that nothing nothing stands in the way of beginning again right now and turning to god you know um This is a question that I'll ask groups at times, and once in a while somebody gets it. Which chapter in the four Gospels uses the word joy and rejoice the most? And usually after a little reflection, we wind up with uh, the right chapter, which is Luke 15, which is the three parables of forgiveness, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. The happiest thing in God's heart is forgiveness, is to pour out infinite mercy and love upon any heart that even haltingly and stumblingly and imperfectly but sincerely turns toward him and then we can begin again you know uh, another link that i've seen very uh, strongly in this this is the heart of saint therese her sense that it starts with a real desire to love god real desire for sanctity which i think good people share but then a very real sense of her own weakness and inability to live that way at which point we have a choice we can either unhappily settle for less, you know, the sense that, well, others may go further, but this is the best that I can hope for in my prayer, my my marriage, uh, my living the word of Jesus, my life in the church, or we can do what Therese did, and that is bring that very limitation and weakness and failure and even sin, bring it to the infinite love that is in the heart of Jesus. You know her image of the elevator? I, I I can't climb all the stairs, but the elevator can just get me up there effortlessly. Yeah, Jesus has the elevator. So th- that's that's exactly what Venerable Bruno is saying: that um, to never ever let our own failures and sins and limitations ever lead us just to remain locked in discouragement. There's always a way out, and I wish I could share that with everyone because there is. Uh, There's such hope in it, you know, and as you were saying earlier, I think in these times, more and more, that's becoming really important.
0: Yeah, because there is a feeling of hopelessness, and I think you mentioned that in the very beginning, and, you know, you say, you know, nothing stands in our way. I mean, in the end, we're the only ones who stand in our way if we're just not open to the Lord, and, you know, that joy that that we seek is a fruit of the Spirit, and all we have to do is say yes, and and really— As uh, Venerable Bruno Lanteri said, just begin again, right? Don't don't dwell on the past. Let's move forward, not worry. Because in the end, if, you know, after this, when this whole crisis is over, if we're not, if we haven't drawn closer to the Lord, that's really going to be on us because we'll have the opportunities. And it's, you know, this book really seems to encourage you to take advantage of those opportunities and draw closer to the Lord. He wants that, but we have to take that step.
1: Yes, that's all the Lord ever asks of us. If we use the word St. Ignatius of Loyola used, our task in the spiritual life is to dispose ourselves, to make ourselves available to, to the grace that, uh, that God wants to give. St. John of the Cross uses the image of a window and the array of the, the sunlight shining through it. If the uh, window is dusty, um, not too well cleaned, and the, the, the light struggles to get through but the light is uh, all we have to do is is, is uh, remove the dust and the light will pour in. Well, God is eagerly approaching us all the time. All we have to do is, is just in, in our humble and imperfect way sincerely try to uh, to be available to him. Now another thing in this is that's really important is to know who, who the God that we are approaching, is here's an image I use sometimes. This is in the book too. Of the, um, let's say it's a young girl who has uh, maybe elementary school age who has acted out in some way at school that, for her age, is pretty serious, not just a small thing. And uh, word has gotten back to her father, and she is left off in front of the of her house walks up the drive to the front door and stands hesitating. She knows her father is inside and she's afraid. And she opens the door finally and there's her father and he doesn't say a word. He simply approaches her, hugs her tightly and says, I love you. Now she can tell him everything. And this is what Venerable Bruno wants us to see that the God that we approach is of this kind. He says we tend to think of God, that, that God is like us. You know how we get tired of things pretty easily. Here's a person who's always late or never gets the um, the project done on time or just hesitates and can't make up his or her mind. We get tired of it pretty quickly, and we tend to think that God's like that. And he says it's just so important that we know that that is not at all the way God is. And once we know the goodness that is there, I'll just say, you know, personally, these are words that I could have said probably have preached on for um, uh, a long time. I'm 40 years a priest now, but I'd say in some way it's just now that they're really beginning to open up for me. And the more we realize that God is this way, the less discouragement will have any space in our hearts and the easier it is to bring even our weakness to the Lord. And that's, that's the overcoming spiritual discouragement that we're invited to.
0: Yeah, and it helps you break through that fear factor that the evil one tries to plan in, right? He's never going to forgive you. How could you have done this? And it's the total opposite. He wants to forgive you. He knows you did it. And he wants to, you know, help through his mercy, get you back on your feet again.
1: Well, that's the discernment of spirits to which you alluded, Deacon, just a moment ago. In that situation of our failure and weakness, we're always going to hear two voices. Ignatius calls them the enemy and the good spirit. And the one voice is going to be exactly, as you say, discouraging. Look at you. You know, how many times have you tried to change and look at you? You just keep falling in the same way. Don't ever think, these are harsh and cruel accusations. Uh, don't think you're ever really going to be uh, much of a wife or a husband or, or a, a father or a mother. You're never going to be much of a man or woman at prayer and, and, and so forth. That one—that's the voice that of the of the enemy of the evil one that will always be discouraging. If we if we accept it, it it'll it'll hurt us. It, we'll pull back. But we're also going to hear another voice, and that's the voice that's going to say, um, "No, look, it's not your strength that matters here. Trust in God. It's His strength. He is right at your side, eager to help you." Uh, you can make progress. All the doors are open for you. Take the next step. You know, don't trust him. He's not going to let you down. That that voice of encouragement, which may come quietly in our hearts, it may come through um, something that's said at Mass or uh, reading Scripture, through the smile of a family member, in many different ways, God's Good Spirit or the Holy Spirit will give that message to us. So it's very important to reject the discouraging lies of the evil one, and to open our hearts to the encouragement of the good spirit of, of God. That's really the heart of uh, discernment of spirits, and as we've been saying, very much at the heart of this uh, message of Venerable Bruno.
0: Well, and you, you mentioned the hardships that he went through, that St. Ignatius went through. You know, they were they were at a certain level in their life, but it was through those hardships they were actually able to rise To an even higher level, especially when the venerable Bruno Lanteri, that he probably didn't even know he could get to until he struggled with those three years of banishment and being treated the way he did.
1: He was like us. You know, he had the same humanity. He had uh, really um, severe physical problems throughout his life. He never let them stop him. But uh, life was physically hard for him. And that's, So he never expected even to survive this exile away from the city and away from all the help that he might have needed in various ways. And then of course at the same point he saw all of the work of his life just shattered um, and most of it would never be reconstituted. Uh, his priestly faculty stripped from him, he's forbidden any public ministry by order of the uh, French police, and in these circumstances the pivotal moment of his life um, takes place. In fact, before he had become a diocesan priest, he had wanted to be a contemplative, uh, a monk. He had tried the monastic life, but it was very quickly obvious that he didn't have the help for it, for the reasons that I just mentioned. And then suddenly, in the midst of this life filled with activity, he's given these three years with all the activity stripped away. And it becomes a time in which he does uh, deep spiritual reading. He has a a Eucharistic chapel in in his house. He's given permission for that. And he spends hours and hours in prayer. And when he comes out of these three years, he has 12 more years to live. And those final 12 years were the really fruitful years of his life. His lasting works all uh, took place during that time. So... Why did God take everything away? Why does God allow these painful times when so much is taken away from us and there's the uncertainty and the anxiety? It's um, We we have to say, and this is why it's so helpful to look at the saints because there we see the end of the story. We don't know the end of the story right now here. We hope that things will go well and I'm sure the measures being taken are, are going to be fruitful. But with the saints, you do see the end of the story and you see at least in some um, measure, why a God who loved this man or woman allowed these painful times to come, and they make all the difference, if, as you were saying, Deacon, earlier, you know, if we open our hearts to live them uh, in the way that the Lord is inviting us to do it.
0: Well, and I think you, you just said a key word there, right? The Lord allows these things to happen. He doesn't make them happen, but he allows them to happen, and he gives us an opportunity uh, you know, as we're going through the Lenten season, you know, we're going to be coming up on the, the passion in a few weeks and all that Jesus endured. And, you know, we got to go through our passion. We have to gra- hold our cross, like you mentioned, uh, Venerable Bruno Terry and, and all the saints. We all have our crosses. These are really great opportunities. And I think the way this book is written uh, and a lot of the other books I've read of yours, too, really should— Lift people up. It really should give people that hope that if you're just living in this world, you're not going to get. It's when you realize, you know, how much you're loved, and and we're not the only ones who've ever traveled down this path. I mean, Venerable Bruno Lanteri lived what a couple hundred years ago, and we think, mm-hmm. you know, think about what he went through two hundred years ago. I mean, that would almost be unthinkable if we were doing that today. And you know, we're a little bit inconvenienced, but. You know, in the in the scheme of things, this is an opportunity, but it's really, you know, this isn't, you know, shouldn't be life-shattering. It should be uh, an opportunity to grow in our faith, not not look at it as, you know, this big, you know, millstone that we can't get away from.
1: Well, there's one letter in which he writes a letter of spiritual direction. He writes to a mother of four children, very busy life, um, also, and of course, living like him in the very difficult days as well. And he says to her at one point in the letter, um, begin each day. So each day begin again. Um, Yesterday is past. Today is the day that God gives you. Begin again today to love and serve God in the circumstances in which he's placed you. And then he says, leave the past to the mercy of God. Just abandon the past. Let the past go to the mercy of God. So any burdens that she might be carrying on her heart from the past. um, Many ways to apply to ourselves that we failed or not been all that we could have been. Don't carry that weight. Just let it go. Abandon it to the mercy of God, which is the best place we can ever abandon or leave anything. The Curie of ours said in one of his sermons that our sins are as a grain of sand compared to the mountain of the mercy of God. And then he says... um, And leave the future to his divine providence. And I think that especially means a lot to us today. What's going to happen in the next week or weeks or the next few months, we don't know exactly. But what we do have is today. So he says, begin today. uh, to Fulfill the mission that God has given you, whether at home, in your marriage, in the workplace, in the church. Live that. Leave the past don't let the past uh, burden you. Leave that to the mercy of God and leave the future to his divine providence. Well, if, we, if I could only live that, if we could all live that, you know, so, much, so much more peace would come into our hearts, you know?
0: But you know what? It's one of those things, the more you hear it, the better chance you have of living it. You just have to keep hearing it and saying it, and then eventually, you know, you start buying into it, but it may take time.
1: Well, I hesitate to talk about my own books because it'll sound like I'm...
0: (laughs) Well, actually, I was going to get there because we're down to about the last minute. So if you want to talk about your books, and also what website can people go to to find these books?
1: Sure. But what I'll say is there's a reason why I've written them. Uh, I I do think this book, Overcoming Spiritual Discouragement, it's short. I think it could serve for prayer. I think that uh, in a way that I could not have foreseen when I wrote it, I think it really... Is helpful for, for the times that we're going through right now. Um, any of these books are available through bookstores, through Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, and all of my materials are available through my website, which is just um, frtimothygallagher.org. Uh, just org. Come up on any Google search. Everything is there.
0: Well, and, I've, and again, I've read several of your books, and they're always uplifting, and they're, they're the type of books you have to read slowly and just kind of let it sink in, but it's, it's so fruitful when you do that. So I couldn't encourage people more to uh, go on your website or go on Amazon or whatever, look at some of these books, but you got to have them in your library.
1: No, that's kind of you to say that. They say, I hope they're helpful.
0: Well, thank you, Father. I appreciate you uh, taking time today.